Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri along with Steven Ruiz, head writer at head NFL writer at For the Win. Get it right. <laughs> it could have just been head writer. And filling in for Evan Thorpe, Michelle Martinelli, our NASCAR correspondent. Guys, what's going on? I'm back. <laughs> why is she a correspondent and I'm the yeah, head writer? Yeah, why am I, I a like correspondent? I don't know. Also, I write about other things. I don't I don't think correspondent is a bump down. I think that I it's just about a other things. different way of saying writer. I was just trying not to use the same word. Writer's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, before we get into the show, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about today. I want to take a moment and shout out to... Uh, One of the new podcasts that we have on the USA Today Sports Network. Uh, If you guys are interested in golf, you should absolutely check out the Forward Press podcast presented by GolfWeek.com. You can find it in the iTunes store. um, And it's really all about what's happening in golf with writers, reporters, players, and industry insiders. All on the podcast, they'll be uploading new episodes every week, uh, so please be sure to check them out on iTunes. Again, it's the Forward Press podcast from golfweek.com, so a big welcome to them. They have great stuff, uh, and take a listen. All right, so let's move on to the show. This week, we have the Peter Mann. He's back. He's back. I remember last time we talked about him, I was like so sad because I just assumed it would be the last time we'd ever get to talk to him. Or talk about him because yeah. he's such a he was such a bad player and he got shipped off to to the Raiders last year, I think, around like October, November. And I thought his NFL career would just fizzle out and we'd never get to see him again. But now he's back in the news because John Gruden <laughs> likes what he sees out of him in training camp. He's still on the roster somehow. He's the backup quarterback. I don't know how you don't find a better backup quarterback. But if we're one Derek Carr in injury away from seeing the <laughs> Peter Man again. <laughs> The only way this this scenario actually makes sense to or could even realistically happen is just so perfect that it's because he's growing on John Gruden. So what was this exact quote? I think it was this Nathan Peterman is growing on. Me. <laughs> and people just <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Let's just recap like what Nate, Nathan Peterman did. He, he's, yeah. His first start came in 2017. And... By the end of the first half, he had thrown five interceptions. The NFL record for <laughs> interceptions in one game is seven. He threw five in one half. He was on pace for ten. And yet, and we bring this up all the time, but Colin Kaepernick still does not have a job. Exactly. And <laughs> somehow, he won the Bills starting quarterback job going into 2018. That only lasted for one half. He threw two interceptions <laughs> and the team was getting blown out. And then he got replaced. He came back in again because the starter that had taken over got hurt. Threw another interception right away. <laughs> so he's just constantly throwing interceptions. He hasn't seen the field since then, but now I'm hoping we, we at least get to see him in preseason. Right. But but like you said, he still has not seen the field since then, but he still managed to get a spot on an NFL roster. Right. And, he, and is impressing. Apparently. He's impressing, apparently. <laughs> and he's only one injury away from starting again. Do you think this is like like bias? within the NFL community to be like, well, he has experience in games. We're going to give him another chance. Or do you think that there is a lack of good quarterbacks out there? It's biased, but not for the reasons you state. It's mm-hmm. biased because he's he looks the part of a quarterback. I think if you're tall and you're white and you played in a certain kind of system in college that you, you get like a longer leash than someone that maybe doesn't isn't as tall, maybe isn't 
maybe it's a little darker. Yeah, well, well, this is what I'm trying to get at is that is it just because he looks like a quarterback? And I did not want to be that simplistic about it, but he looks like a quarterback. And like you said, he ha- he's played in the system. So people automatically assume, well, he's he might be good one day. Before he got drafted, I like wrote like a thing about all the quarterbacks in the draft that year. And I basically said he shouldn't be drafted. He's not good enough, but he's tall and he's white, so he's going to be drafted. And that's exactly what happened. Right. I don't think he belonged in the NFL then. He definitely doesn't now after what we've seen. But he's still there. He's still trucking. And he might start this year at some point. I think there's probably an additional bias, like a racist bias, too, in recognizing that your quarterback is generally your most the most popular person on the team, the most marketable person on the team, the team who's face and image you're going to plaster everywhere. And so I feel like that plays a role, too. If you already look the part of what we expect and people are thinking, well, how are we going to market this guy? How are we going to make money off this guy? Like that plays into it, too. You're not making any money off the Peterman. <laughs> well, right. Right I now. mean, now I want a Peterman jersey just because. <laughs> <laughs> um, When's your birthday, Hummel? Soon. Um But this is, I know you don't like Friday Night Lights, but this is like a storyline in Friday Night Lights, which is that one of the assistant coaches was caught saying something that he didn't think was racist, was racist about how, um, I think it was Smash Williams, like just did not have the intelligence to be a quarterback. But really the assumption was like, well, he's black, so he can't be a quarterback. Um, And I feel that's pretty ingrained. I, I never said I don't like Friday Night Lights. The coach is a bad coach. The show can <laughs> okay. still be good with the coach being a bad coach. You have a lot of bad fictional coaches on it's, your it's list. It's kind of I my thing. Like. It is kind of your <laughs> thing. Um, one day we'll have to do a rundown of bad fictional coaches, according to Steven. I'm down. <laughs> Expanded to like players, too. Like bad fictional sports characters. I feel who, like that. Who was the quarterback that took over when the guy got hurt in the first season? Matt Saracen? Yeah, Saracen. He was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> he was the Nathan Peterman of fake football. I love that. <laughs> Poor Jason Street. But yeah, I guess Matt Saracen was not a great, great quarterback. Jason I- Street deserved to get injured because that was a terrible throw. Because he threw an interception <laughs> oh and then he tried to tackle and his form was way off and that's how he got hurt. And wasn't that the storyline, too, is that they wanted to sue him because they said that he had not been properly taught how to tackle. And then they decided not to not to sue the school district. I have no, no idea. I've seen four. Episodes. That's that. That is what happened. I've that was the storyline. One minute. You haven't? No. My mom likes Friday Night Lights. The show, right? Not the movie. One. Yes. The show Two, bring your mom on next time so we can talk <laughs> to her about Friday Night Lights. <laughs> have you read my post? The one where you break it down. Oh, you break down. Yeah, actually, I did because I thought that was really interesting that you broke down plays from a fictional TV show. Um, all right, we're gonna move on from that. But yes, we're all very excited about the Peterman being back. Uh, let's talk about LeBron James, and I say this with air quotes for everybody listening at home and in their cars and his antics on the sidelines because I don't think they should be described as antics. Uh, To give people some background context into what we're talking about, LeBron James was at his son's basketball tournament uh, over the weekend or earlier this week? I think it was over the weekend. Yeah. Over the weekend. And he was a very enthusiastic parent on the sidelines, right? He was jumping up and down. He was hollering. He was high-fiving people. Uh, And everybody on social media, the peanut gallery, said that his reactions were excessive. They called them antics. I don't think it was everyone. It was a certain type of people. Okay, let's just say a certain... You're right. Let me rephrase that. A certain type... 
some people said a demographic. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was one play in particular where where one of his son's teammates like did it. I think he did a dunk. It was alley oop or something, and he like ran onto the court and like made a big deal about it. But that's what happens in these type of environments when a like a play like that happens. Like I play a lot of basketball, and I've one time. Can you so- dunk? No, I cannot dunk. <laughs> I cannot. I haven't gone to dunk camp. <laughs> but uh, someone got dunked on when I was there one time. They got dunked on. One kid, he was in the game though. He screamed out loud, like okay. ah. And then he slid on his butt like backwards, like fifteen feet. And he was on the guy's team that got dunked on. Like this is so how this you was react. Just excited right. about it, right? You yeah. get excited about things like this, and it's an AAU game. Those games are all, always wild, like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Im- important, like that's a big stepping stone in in your early career. Like that's a big yeah, thing. yeah, true. Michelle, what did you think? So. I love the enthusiastic dad. He plays this role so well. He's mm-hmm. such a great dad and is also great at documenting his own style of parenting on social media as well as getting captured. And I think it's also important to look at all of the how many other times we see viral psychotic parents mm-hmm. screaming at referees, screaming at head coaches, flipping out when, you know, the umpire is is a kid, you know, they have kids refing games sometimes and stuff like that. We see this over and over again about these crazy parents. Like And their bad behavior. Yes, and their terrible behavior. They're setting a bad example for the kids. They're surely embarrassing their kids beyond reason. We should be applauding a dad who is so enthusiastic and excited for someone who's not even his own child that he's just so proud and excited and wants you to do well and wants you to have a good time. Like, we should love that as a collective group. So part of LeBron's whole thing, right, his whole image is that uh, over-the-top enthusiasm, mm-hmm. right? He brings it to uh, when he when he opened up the school in Cleveland. He brings it to his play. It's his social media presence. He brings it to Taco Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday, right? Like, if he can bring it to Taco Tuesday, I would not expect him to hold back during one of his son's basketball games. Um, it does not feel out of character for me. I think that I saw a tweet and somebody said that the only person that should be allowed to be embarrassed by LeBron's antics is his own son. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. I agree with. That I think is that if you are his kid, you can be like, oh, my God, that's my dad. Dad. It's super embarrassing. (laughs) Exactly. That you are the only person that's allowed to kind of find that conduct to unbecoming or offensive or whatever you want to use. But see, I might even guess that. How old is Brownie? He's 16. Right? I have no okay. idea. I Ish. thought he was 13. No, no, no. I don't think he's that young. But whatever. The case, he's a teenager, right? Teenagers right. are embarrassed by their parents. And I think you could even say that he's probably not that embarrassed because, like, think about it. In the Taco Tuesday videos, he, like, shows the whole family, like, gathered around the dinner table Some in the kitchen. Some of those Taco Tuesdays are reluctant Taco Tuesdays. Some of them are, but, like, <laughs> his Bronny's into it. But Bronny is into it. He, like, does his own version of the Taco Tuesday voice and is, like, instead of when you could easily be a teenager who's mortified by their parents no matter what. Right. He's into it. Right. I mean, and I'm not going to speculate as to the mindset of his kid, whatever that is. But I thought that that tweet was a good point. Um, There's another AAU player who tweeted out that uh, they haven't seen their dad in quite a while. And there that was were, the kid who dunked. That was the kid who dunked. Yeah, right. his teammate. His teammate. So I feel like if those people are OK with it, the peanut gallery can shut the hell right. up. Yeah. Ooh. 
some of those people are saying like, oh, he's taking attention away from the kids. First of all, there's no attention on these kids. They're no. 12 years old playing basketball. <laughs> Second of all, if I was one of these kids and LeBron James was getting hyped for a play I made, it would be like the greatest moment of my life. Yeah. I yeah. would not be like, oh, man, he's stealing my shine. <laughs> be like, look, how excited LeBron James got about something I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's a slow, slow sports week. And that was kind of the <laughs> outrage happening. Um. I am ready to move on to not sports, but whatever. But before we do that, are there any other topics you guys want to get into? I got a not sports if you want to. I don't know if you guys want to talk about The Bachelorette ended. Oh, yeah. Let's. Why don't you fill us in? So in the middle of the season, one of the favorites, it was like apparent that this guy might win. A, a story came out, I think it was in People magazine, that he had a girlfriend before he left, and he kind of left, like, the relationship open before he went on. Like, okay, I remember you talking about that. Right. What's this person's name? Jed. Jed. Mm-hmm. I've heard about Jed. Jed won. <gasps> Wait, won. the guitar dude? The guitar dude won. Okay, finish what you're saying. And then, well, he engaged, or he got, they got engaged or whatever, and she found out, like, a couple days after they got engaged, and they kind of showed their conversation after it happened. And then it turns out she broke up with him. So isn't this the second Bachelorette in a row where, or was it the Bachelor before where he like gave the roast to somebody and then dumped her? It and was then the Bachelor the before back. because he was a f- almost IndyCar driver. Okay. <laughs> That's the only reason right. I remember that. This was two like Bachelors ago. So she found out that he basically had a girlfriend already mm-hmm. and then dumped him. Yeah, the thing was... He came. He told her too this this during the show that he came on the show to like promote his music because he's like trying to become a musician, and then he ended. He was like, I didn't know I was going to end up falling in love with you and all that. Oh, whatever. And then he did. So then he was saying that's why he didn't really. That's why he went into it without breaking things off with this other girl because he didn't know what it was, and then it ended up being you know he ended up falling in love with it. How much do you think is? I mean, I think all of this is fake, that the entire storyline has just kind of been crafted. Because this way, this is the best possible scenario for her. She gets to be on The Bachelorette. She's not saddled with some loser boyfriend. And she's got all the viral fame out of it. No, she was devastated. What? She was completely Did she break up with him on the show or it was like finale end and we find out like months after now that then she broke up with him? Like during the finale finale they kind of like show what happened at the end and they have her in like a live studio audience and she said like they never showed him break up but she said i'm no longer with him they showed the conversation happening but they were like we're gonna yeah they have they have like a a live show after right yeah and during the live show is when she told everybody that they broke it off and like when she said that everyone was like cheering like in the crowd all the the women in the crowd were like yeah and then she was like that's not not, nothing to cheer about this is like (laughs) really sad like she was thought she was gonna marry this guy and like two days later it was like over so i i don't think she i don't think she's happy about it i mean i have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings the primary one which is don't go on reality tv show to find the love of your life my only real thought here is thanks to our esteemed colleague nick schwartz we now know that jed or ted jed jed writes terrible commercial jingles. <laughs> is that his music career? Yeah, it's this dog food commercial that like makes you want to rip your ears off kind of thing. Oh my God. And he he proposed, he I know this, he proposed with his guitar. Oh yeah, he like, did. Like you should have run away at that point. It was so like, bad. Good God. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, moving on to the next not sports but whatever segment. Uh, I want to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. I feel like if you have 
an hour and a half, two hours to spare this weekend, you should go watch uh, the latest installment of the Fast and Furious franchise. And I know Steven and Michelle are both shaking their heads right now, but I truly enjoyed it. So it gets my recommendation. It does not have the official For the Win podcast stamp, but it has the official... Hemel Javeri stamp. Which is really the only opinion that matters when it comes to fast and furious <laughs> topics. I'm just saying, I'm an expert. So. But you are. You know what you're talking about. I do. We don't. Have you I ever don't. given one of these movies, like, a, not your Yeah, not what's a bad of one? Approval? Stamp of disapproval? Um, I will, I will say that some are better than others, but all are worth watching. Though not all are worth watching again. The last Fast and Furious movie, Fast and Furious 7, was probably like my least favorite. But it's the one without Paul Walker. Wait, there was an 8. Oh, it was 8. Yeah, it was 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 Fast and Furious Furious. 8. That's the one that uh, is a little shaky. Which is the one where uh, Charlize Theron has like braids for some reason? That's (laughs) 8. Wow. (laughs) Tells you everything you need to know. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us. As always, please rate and review us on iTunes. We're also available on NPR One. So hopefully you could find us there on that on that app as well. Um, And again, a reminder to check out the Forward Press podcast from golfweek.com. It's also available on iTunes. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.